welcome to episode 34 of Flights. Football. And anything else. I'm Dave. And I'm Mike. How you doing, Dave? Better than most, not as good as some. How you doing, Mike? Um, North Studios. I wish we were a lot further north because it's a real stuffy setting out here in the patio in the back north studio. That's no wind and a stifling, must be mid to high 80s with no wind at all. But other than that, yeah. I'm hanging in there, I think. Yeah. Good. Awesome. Um, three interesting selections, I, I feel, but we'll see. First off, though, Corrections Corner. Last week, when I went into my segment three story, I said three guys from work know that my stories tend to take many, many detours. I said, when I said the three guys from work, I said Chuck, Dave, and Brian. When I said Chuck, I must have been thinking of his son, Dave, who does the podcast that we've referred to a number of times in our podcast at, at Don't Forget the Popcorn. Dave is Chuck's son. Gotcha. And I might have just had the two, you know, many beers deep. I must have had the two. Right. Um, Locked in, and there are a couple of Daves that work at Coke, but uh, you know, they don't. I'm sure they don't listen to the pot, so I didn't mean Chuck, Dave, and Brian. Yeah, I met Chuck, Nick, and Brian. Ah. And why that's important is because Nick is yet another listener who has donated a little, uh, something for the effort here in the, the, the podcast. Our second tasting will come courtesy of uh, Nick Witzke. Follow him on Twitter at Witzke Nick. That's at W-I-T-Z-K-E-N-I-C-K. And not only did he give us what will be our second tasting of the show, he gave us another one that we sampled before we started recording, the brand new limited edition Bush Light Apple. Yeah. And we sampled that. We took a taste of it, and actually we're almost done with it. What do yeah. you think of it, Dave? Oh, I'm tipping my cat cap to you, Nick. Um, I liked it a lot. It was a little, I was expecting more of a beer taste, and I got kind of more of a, a, a cider, a hard cider taste. But uh, but I'm enjoying it immensely. As am I, and like I said, I think that could, re, you know, replace the story that I've told on the pod a couple times probably uh, when I cut the front, the back, and the side lawn. And I went through a mere 15 Natter Days. I think this has the same type as Natter Days. It's, it's so, it's almost refreshing. It's got that apple taste to it. It's yep. like, oh, this, I'm not even drinking alcohol. And then by the time the lawn's yeah. cut, and you're a little jig jagging on your lines. Oh, I would, <laughs> I would imagine by the second one of these, I think I'm drinking a health drink. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's exactly. Got apples, right? Exactly. It's got yeah, to be healthy. It, it's, a, it's a very yeah, apple vitamins taste. Vitamins and minerals and. But very drinkable. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think. And I'm, you know, Anheuser-Busch does not call me and consult, you know, they they, they really should, because we're a beer podcast after all. I like the limited edition, because I think this could be a drink like you you hook certain, you know, some people aren't going to like it. Absolutely. But you're going to get that niche, is it niche? Niche? Tomatoes, tomatoes. Yeah, whatever. Uh, Larry, what is it? Niche, right? That niche audience that's going to love the Bushlight Apple. And they're gonna like when it goes away. They're gonna be like, oh, where, where, where is where? Is it? Yeah. And then yeah. they'll bring it back. So I like the limited edition approach. Not an alcoholic beverage, but kind of like what McDonald's does with the Shamrock Shake. Exactly. Ooh, excellent point. Yeah. Exactly. I like that. Because <laughs> that stuff's got to have crack in it or something. Yeah, I think I, I like I like the Shamrock Shake better than Bushlight Apple. I think. Although I think it could drink more Bushlight Apples. Yeah, probably. Uh, anyway, though, on to the first tasting, which, by the way, was courtesy of not only listener of the pod, mm-hmm. but my wife, Liz, when she traveled up to the UP. Bless her heart. Thank you, Liz. She went to uh, one of the stores, was scoffed at because she wanted singles, but apparently nobody in the UP drinks singles, so she had to buy some six-packs, and she chose our first tasting, which is from Upper Hand Brewery, Escanaba Black Bear. It is a 4.5% alcohol, and the ever-popular 
N-A. I think that's the brewer just like, you know what? I forgot to calculate that, so <laughs> let's just put N-A on it. And it has an on-tap rating of 3.65 with 7,502 check-ins. That's respectable. So, without, ooh, it, I see where it gets the name Black Beer, hence the color black. Yeah, it's almost like you're pouring a porter. Or a, yes. Well, it says it's a black ale, so yeah. let's see. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, right. yeah. I mean, you got the you got the the aroma yeah. that right that hit you before you even got a chance to taste any. Very chocolatey taste in my not uh, cocoa, not uh, not chocolatey cocoa. Well, if it's I don't I don't, maybe, I don't think it's coffee it, though, is it? Dark. Well, anyway, as we oh. uh. I'll keep it's actually it's actually kind of refreshing though because it's clearly not an IPA. No, oh and, absolutely not. You know, no, 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 so no. the taste is so much different in you know than what we normally drink on this pod. It's almost like all right, well you know, this right. is different. You know, because that you know after a hundred beers, you know, right? IPAs are IPAs. It says roasty, roasty black ale. So I don't know if the roasty is a. Uh, is a uh, is a nod to coffee. Yeah, yeah, coffee. Yeah, it could be. Do you know what I mean? And, and I bet you, if we looked on the Untap app, we would find a, probably a better explanation. Sports, a lot of sports as always, and cranking up. I'm going to start it out with what I think has been the best sports of the bunch: the NHL. Like I tweeted out earlier in the week, it's been a basically March Madness. Except it was every day of the week, not just Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It was it started Sunday, yep, and it went every day. And actually, there's a couple games, couple games a day. One going on right now: the Blue Jackets and the Maple Leafs in the only deciding game five of the qualifying round, um, which that series has been amazing. Uh, game this is five four. Game three, the Blue Jackets were down three nothing after two, stormed back to win the game in overtime. Game four, the Blue Jackets held a 3 nothing lead with four minutes to go in the third period. <laughs> Blue, uh, the Maple Leafs scored, boom, 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 three goals, tied it up, one in overtime. So they're playing right now game five in the qualifying round to advance into the traditional format of 16 teams per conference, you know, one versus eight, two versus seven. And, and in the... Uh, Qualifying round, the dreaded 12 versus 5. Going back to the – yes, go ahead. Let me check you just yeah. for a second. Eight teams per conference? I thought they were whittling it down to four and top four and the four that qualify to play them. Right. So that's four and four is eight. Eight per conference is 16. Because there was, there was actually 12 teams per conference. Okay. And the East, the four teams that were they, – they called it the round robin tourney. Yeah. I and had to by, go back and research all this By the way, the Flyers was, were 3-0. and oh. And they're the now the number one seed, which I don't know if what that means now because everybody's playing in the East. You're all playing in Toronto, and in the West, you're all playing in Edmonton. So there's no home ice advantage or anything. Right. So, um, and I don't know if you really want to play the Canadians because the Canadians just knocked off the Penguins, and Carey Price stood on his head a number of times. So <laughs> you don't necessarily want to go against a hot goalie. But anyway, so yeah, so it was the four teams in the East. And there were eight teams in the Eastern Conference qualifying round. Four won, four lost. So now those four winners play the four teams in the round robin right. for eight, eight teams for conference. And then the other teams, eight teams. Gotcha. So. Um, yeah, I just got, I, I couldn't keep track of what was a qualifying round, what was a red uh, round robin round. And so I had right. to go back in there and apparently I'm still confused. But you or did it. I say did, if I said there were sixteen teams per conference, that would be actually wrong because there's not even thirty-two teams in the NHL. That's there, what I. That's what I was kind of getting at. Yeah, that's what I thought I heard. Maybe I did. Um, but you explained it right. Right. Yeah. So so now they're down to sixteen teams in the entire NHL. Yes. Is what I meant. Yeah. Okay. If I said sixteen right. teams per conference, that was incorrect. But now there's the traditional. There's sixteen teams left. Eight on the east. Eight on the west. Got one it. versus eight. One versus eight. And. Um, 
if any sport can claim that they're not fixed, you would have to think it would be the NHL because the two 12-5 upsets, which, again, I refer back to March Madness, that is the dreaded slot <laughs> where there's always an upset usually. Right. Um, if ever you're going to fix your sport, you want Connor McDavid and the Edmonton Oilers in the West to face Sid the Kid, who getting a little long in the tooth, but still considered one of the best yeah. in the game, and the Pittsburgh Qu- Penguins in the East, and both of those guys are out. So I mean, if you're gonna if they're fixing right. the sport, they're doing a piss poor <laughs> job of fixing it because right. people want to see McDavid and Crosby, yeah. and they're both already out. Um, but yeah, I mean, it there, there's it's. I do want to make a not that I you know. I don't want your head to blow up so you can't get your shirt off. Uh, but you did make the call back when they were arranging this, and I can't remember what what episode the, it was, but you said when they do it this way and they let these extra teams in, you know, there's some teams like the Blackhawks, you know, wouldn't have normally, if things would have progressed exactly without COVID, they would have yep. never made the playoffs. And um, I was called to the carpet by our sometimes listener, Dick Fisher at Fishman8, follow him on Twitter. And when the Canadians, uh, no, not the Canadian game, when the uh, Penguins, who eliminated the Penguins? Who did I just say eliminated the Penguins? Oh, yeah, the Canadian. When the Canadians eliminated the Penguins, he, he told me, he said, hey, uh, you know, he sent me a text, so much for the Canadians not belonging in the playoffs. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, no, actually, that actually proves my point because they really didn't belong in the playoffs. I didn't say they couldn't win in the playoffs. They didn't belong there. They were, I mean, they right. were one of the worst eight teams. Exactly. But they expanded because the NHL had to do what they had to do to, you know, get sure. interest, yada, 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 the, you know, the bubble, this, that, and the other thing. Yep. So they kept two of the original six, you know, Chicago, Edmonton, Edmonton, Chicago and Montreal. Yep. And it's like, all right, well, and then they threw that twist. You know, one of those teams will probably get the first pick in the, in the draft. And I'm like, Actually, you know, so they didn't. I, I still stand say they didn't deserve to be in there. Right. They didn't belong there. They, but they, they were horrible. Yeah. Now they've gotten a hot goalie and they got hot. And the only reason I can say this is working, I think the better teams, the Bruins had the best record in the NHL. They were in the round robin, so it really didn't matter. Right. But the Bruins had the best record in the regular season and lost all three games. They lost to the Flyers, they lost to the Capitals, and they lost to the Lightning. So they're the fourth seed, the best record in the NHL, the fourth seed, because they're looking at us like, you know, hey, we're the best. These are meaningless games. What are we even here for? Right. And they, you know. Got punched in the got, mouth. Got punched in the mouth. Now they're the fourth seed. You could, again, you know, beating a dead horse, you could argue, okay, what difference does the seed make? Every game is played in Toronto. Well, obviously that's the way Boston looked at it because they got beat three straight games. Right. And, you know, Pittsburgh is used to playing in front of big, big crowds, this, that, and the other thing. Oh, yeah. And Montreal didn't even deserve to be there. Boom, next thing you know, Pittsburgh's down and out. The Blackhawks, you know, they were playing Edmonton. Edmonton was on a roll. Right. And boom, knocked them out. So they, I still stand that those teams didn't belong there, but now that they're there, they're making the most of it. Yep. Which leads me, that all ties in nicely, a nice little bow on it. To ice picks. Dave, yeah. as we know, pre-COVID, I was at 59%. Now, if I was five and three, no, three and three and two, no, yeah, what is 60, five games, 60%, three and two is yeah. 60%. Yeah, if I was three and two and was touting a 60% winning percentage, right. you would look at me and say, Mike, it's five games. Who gives <laughs> right. a shit, dude? Shut up. You got lucky. I had a 59% winning percentage at 71 and 49. That's 120 games. That's a pretty big sample. Yeah. We come out of COVID, and I've actually put the temporarily out of business sign on ice picks because we come out of COVID, <laughs> right. and I promptly went 0-7. The seventh game was my five-star lock. Never had a five-star lock. I had Edmonton over Chicago. It was 1-1. One one. It was game three. I'm thinking, all right, Edmonton's got the rust out. Right. Chicago beat him four to three or whatever the score was, and I'm like, all right, I gotta sit back and this with this no fan shit, you know, that the <laughs> NHL is throwing me for a curve because 
How do you go from fifty nine percent to zero percent? I mean, zero. And, you, you can't. You. I challenge you to lose seven bets. You can't lose seven straight bets. I mean, you might be one and six. Yeah. I, right. I, I challenge any of our listeners out there, and then we'll rate this beer here. But I challenge any of our listeners out there. Wager a hundred dollars total on seven games, and I'll back you on it. Try to pick seven losers. You probably end up winning. Yeah, you, yeah. At worst case scenario, you're going to go one and six or two and five. You can't pick seven straight losers <laughs> like I did. So that's why I, I had to just temporarily shut it down. And Great so, group. yeah, I gotcha. But you know, it was a legit fifty-nine percent. It was right seventy-one and forty-nine. That's a legit. Yeah. Sample size. Oh, yeah. Uh, and just talking about, and maybe uh, during the second tasting, we'll we'll talk a little MLB and and NASCAR and UFC and some other stuff. But um, that seems to be kind of through all of them, the NBA, MLB. Um, teams made the best of maybe getting back in there, or they made the best of the break uh, and turned some things around. Right. Where some of the other teams that were really hot. You know, or cooled, cooled off. Cooled yep. off and right. Yeah, I mean, a four month layoff is a long layoff. That's I mean, a cool, that's a cool off. So let's rate this. Let's do it. I mean, let me let me get one more pull on it. All right, I'm the uh, since it's at the North Studios, I go first, and I will give it. Doesn't have the IPA zing, obviously, because it's not an IPA, but a very pleasant, drinkable, smooth, easy tasting beer. 3.75. Okay. It's a little higher than I thought you might give it, but this one, I'm not going to go quite there. You said 3.75. Drinkability, it is. It's everything you said. But just to my palate, um, the black ale, I, I, I don't think I've rated the black ales all that great. It just doesn't seem to fit my palate very well. But like you, but all those things you said, it's smooth. A lot smoother than the first hit, I, the first taste yes. and the first smell you get. I'm going to go 3.60. All right, Dave. The second tasting, as mentioned, courtesy of loyal listener at Whitsky Nick. Follow him on Twitter. Thank Wits, man. We have a Triple Root Brew Pub from Zeeland, Michigan. And I think Zeeland, Michigan is just as known for their high school football in Michigan as they are their craft beer. Yeah, I believe so. Um, what, the one we have today is Pure Mackinac. And on the can, it's interesting sidebar to the tasting is... It's pure Mackinac, M-A-C-K-I-N-A-C. So, few cities in Michigan. Michigan is a full of city names that are difficult and for many to pronounce and even spell. Yet, no two cities create as much confusion as Mackinac City and Mackinac Island. The funny thing is, no matter the spelling, the pronunciation is actually the same. Mackinac. So you see people that, you know, when you see the AC, they always say Mackinac. Yeah, right. But it's Mackinac right. regardless of spelling. The mainland area was first named Michelin Mackinac by the Native Americans in 1715. The French built a fort at Michelin Mackinac. This became a fortified community thriving as an epicenter of the Great Lakes for fur trade industry. During their time in the area, the French translated the local language into something more fitting to their own, and while, and while spelled with a C, the sound became a W. So there. Wow. A little, a little uh, lesson in uh, I feel very enlightened all of a sudden. You know, hey, this isn't all about me getting drunk, Dave. I try to, <laughs> I try to enlighten the listeners somehow. But anyway, let's crack this open and get drunk. <laughs> oh, anyway, yeah. As we're pouring, 8.4%, 70 IBUs, and an untapped rating of 3.80 with just under 2,000 check-ins. 
And ironically, I'm pouring mine into my Mackinac City Rusted Spoke Brewing Company glass. And that wasn't even done by design. No. Son of a bitch, we're good. We are. It, I guess it, if you do something 34 times, you should get better at it. That's what she said. Ba-dum-bum. Bum. Cheers. Cheers. Yes. See, I think it's all, you know, it's all the what the palate you've developed. Right. I would agree I with mean, that. I mean, this this is a 180 from the first selection, Escanaba Black Beer. They're, I mean, they're yeah, yeah. just totally different beers. Excuse me. And the majority of the our um, tastings on this pod are IPAs, and this fits in that line. Very well, 70, I might 70 is... Very orange color. Yes. Nice hazy. 70 is on the upper end of the... I'm really going to have to one of these days... Uh, my buddy Mike, Mike Klein has sent me n- numerous text articles and everything, but I still can't comprehend it on the IBUs. All I ever hear is the higher the IPU, IBU, the bitter it is, the more bitter it is. Right, international bitter units. And it's this is 70, which is not the highest we've had, but 70's up, up there. there. Sure. And there's no bitterness at all in this, in this beer. Oh, really? I don't... Yeah, my palate does. Oh, does? Sure. Okay. oh yeah. This is this is a double for me. I mean, I, yeah, yeah. All right, Much maybe, more bitter maybe, than maybe it was the, the one from maybe it was, maybe it was the pretzels with peanut butter that I had before we started the second segment here. Let me have one. <laughs> let me have one more taste and see if I get any bitterness. All right. Nothing. No, I mean to steal the old whiskey line. That's like Kessler's. That's smooth as silk. Okay. In fact, we may have to say pure Mackinac is the Kessler of uh, beer. Well, that's the good thing about this pod, because you and I have slightly different palates. And so, um, yeah, no, I got all 70 IBUs out of that. Mm. Not more, but not less by any stretch of the imagination. Hey, as we know, the second segment is traditionally, and, and it will still be this day in sports, but we got into hockey in depth in segment one, baseball. Um. What we've learned in the past week, apparently it takes St. Louis Cardinal players much longer to, to recover from COVID-19 positive than it does Miami Marlins. Because sure. when the Marlins had 20 or 21 players and staff members and the world was going to end and Marlins are playing doubleheaders at a, at a breakneck space. But the Cardinals here, you know, I believe – they're looking at canceling the series this Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday with the Pirates. So as teams like the Yankees, who are 10-6, and six, my pick to win the World Series, uh, that, right. that's my logic pick. That's yeah. not my heart pick. I'm not a fan. I'm a sure, Red sure. Sox fan. Yeah. Um, and the A's leading the in it, uh, the American League at 12-4. and four. They got the best record in the American League at 12-4. and four. I'll come back to the A's in a second. Yeah. The Cardinals are... Two and three, because they've had so many games postponed by COVID. <laughs> well, that, that's my point. I've got a question, if I yeah. can stop your yeah, roll ahead, just for ahead. a second. So that's what I'm wondering about, is they had the Cardinals, I looked this morning, they had them with a two and three record, they had them ninth, right? Right. But four and a half games back from the Rockies 11 and three. Now, I'm not, you're the you're the actual, the sports guru aficionado. Right. But I'm not a math idiot any by any stretch. So where does how are you four and a half games back if you've only won two games and lost three from a team that is eleven and three? All right, excellent question. I'm going to enlighten you and the listeners to how that is figured. You take the number, the differential between wins for one team, wins of the other. So the card, the Rockies have eleven, the Cardinals have two. That's what. 13. No. Differential. Two. Differential. Oh, nine. And the differential in their losses, three and three. Zero. Okay. And then you add those two numbers together. Yep. Nine plus zero is? Nine. And then you divide it in half. You're divided by two. Four and a half. So that's where Boom. it comes from. That's where the games behind come from. Wow. Okay. And the reason they cut, know that. The reason they cut it in half is because I fucking hate those neighbor's dogs. They breed them, and they sell them 
for like seriously three thousand dollars a puppy, and they're the ugliest fucking dog I've ever seen in my life, and I fucking hate them. And I get they're they're only put on this planet to ruin our podcast. I hate those fucking dogs. Anyway, getting back to that. So the reason you cut it in half is because they're they're figuring once the Cardinals make up those games, they're going to win right. some, they're going to lose some. Okay. And therein lies right. why they're four and, and a half. And even their back. winning percentage didn't have them in the correct place. Right. Exactly. But they're assuming. Okay. Well, that's a lot of assumptions. Because, like you just said, right. they might not even play. <laughs> exactly. Well, right. Game. But that's how they figure out games behind. Yeah, I gotcha. Differential in wins, differential in losses, add them together, divide by two. I hope there's at least one other person listening that's like, oh, okay, Mike, thanks. I, I think the only one that would – I, none of them will admit <laughs> it. I don't know if any of them knew how they come about it except right. at the Fishman 8. Okay. He would have been well – sure. he, he was well-versed in that. So if he was here, he would have been, Dave, let me explain this to you. It, actually, Dave would – or Dick may have been so distraught, he may have left the pod. <laughs> But anyway, uh, so, but yeah, baseball. I, I guess Cardinals, Cardinals, now you got me on the Cardinals, God damn it. Astros, I, I guess major leaguers are really, you know, want to really stick up for them, the old cheating scandal, because for the second time this year, the Astros involved in a brawl because the, a play, the A's player, who, by the way, like I said, the A's are um, AL best 12-4 and four this year. They're stroking the ball. Yep. One of their players, the Astro pitcher, hit him, went to first, and then they started. He started jawjacking with the entire bench, and then charged over to the bench, and the bench is oh, emptied. Wow. So I'm sure somebody's going to be COVID positive, and those two teams <laughs> right. will probably lose many, many games. But um, uh, what about NASCAR? NASCAR, Kevin Harvick, MIS. Which, by the way, he is in fuego. By the way, that's on fire. It is. Um, if you're, um, not many people are NASCAR fans, but if you are a NASCAR fan, unless you're going there to absolutely party, MIS is probably the worst place to watch a race because there's just not a lot that happens at that track. Just it's, it's so just, big. It's, it's a yeah, two-mile exactly. track, yeah. And nobody has ever said it's so big to me before. So, um <laughs> But yeah, Kevin Harvick had the you know it wasn't the daily double because one was Saturday, one was Sunday, so it was the weekend double. Is it a one mile track or two mile? Two. Tra- it two is mile. a two mile yep. track. Okay, I was right the first time. Yeah, so when you uh, when your favorite driver comes by you on the front stretch, you can't even see him on the back stretch. Yeah. But anyway, unless Kevin, you're way up high, Kevin, I, I have been in those stands before. But it, I mean, and then this race. And I don't know what the temperature in Brooklyn was today, but this race traditionally, I've been to the August race, and miserable. You're on, especially those metal seats. I mean, you. It gets to the points most August races in my ass. You just assume run in front of the car <laughs> as opposed to watch them pass you by because it is just because yeah yeah it's just miserable. Um, all right, want to move on? Uh, there was a there was a major championship event this weekend, PGA Championship. I oddly enough, I Just saw some. Of, I, I obviously, obviously enough, oddly enough, I saw quite a bit of the Thursday Friday rounds. I didn't see hardly any of the Saturday Sunday rounds. So Saturday, I'll just say this: Saturday drove everybody nuts. Um, very interesting about that area in San Francisco, right there uh, along the bay. These guys are in their three-quarter zips. Some of them are in actual sweaters, sweatshirts. I think, and I, somebody's going to have to fact-check me on this, but you know, with the wind coming through there, it feels like fifty-something, maybe. You know what the man said? What? The coldest winter I ever spent was the summer I spent in San Francisco. Really? What movie? Nah, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, proceed. You got me. Proceed. But uh, and they they were saying that you know. 95 miles northeast in Sacramento, it's 93 degrees and, you know, brilliant sunshine. So, anyway, this is bizarre. But on Saturday, they had the pins tucked really tight. Uh, the rough was gnarly. Uh, guys had a hard time scoring. But um, today, they put the pins in some crazy easy positions, uh, a lot of them middle of the green and stuff, just trying to tempt them to try to score well. And um, Colin Morikawa. 23-year-old little shit just won $1,980,000. Uh, he was 
13 under par for the four days and uh, won the PGA Championship. Uh, on the 16th hole, uh, short three, just barely 300 yards, he dropped his drive, his tee shot, he dropped it about seven feet, made the putt for Eagle. Made sure he didn't fall apart the last two holes, which obviously he didn't. But, uh, but it was interesting. You had a lot of big names uh, if you follow golf at all. Henry, I know you follow golf, so you probably watched quite a bit of that. And, um, uh, now, wonderful story. Yep. Great for him and his family. Sure. As a marketing person. Sure. You look at that as good for golf or bad for golf? Because I look at, at that guy. I've already, I've already forgot who you said won it. I look at that as right. almost bad for golf because it's like, Who's this who, guy? Won, who won it again? <laughs> where, uh, sure. where like, you know, right. obviously if Eldrick would have won it. Yeah. And by the way, oddly enough, when uh, whoever you said won it, the first person they interviewed was Tiger Woods. Yeah, I'm sure <laughs> they did. Because, and uh, I guess that just shows you the power of and the, the desire for the network. It's like, God damn, I wish he was good again. <laughs> and he's still a great golfer. And maybe yeah. he will win another major. Sure. He's never going to be Tiger again. He's just too old and too broken down. He's right. never going to be as good as he once was. People like to believe that. Sure. And that's why you say, Tiger shot a 99, but let's go to him. Hey, Tiger, how'd it go? It's like, wow, geez, I missed every putt I had. And it's like, but yet they still go to him because that's yep. the people want to see Tiger. Like, again, I've already forgot who you said he, won. He hit, he hit some fucking horrible shots. I mean, some shots where, you know, I'm not a, I'm not even close to a PGA professional. Um, I'm decent. Um, at one point, I was a single handicap. But, you know, middle of the fairway, pins in the middle of the green, and he can't hit the green from 120 yards. I mean, it was right. just like, you know, he you could tell he was just beside himself. So, anyway, but going back to this, I you know, some young people, ah, you see a 23-year-old win it, and, you know, especially some college golfers, some high school golfers, see a kid like this, and, you know, he's instantly a millionaire. And, um not only that, but some endorsements he's going to get. It could be good for the game, but you are correct. If someone like a Dustin Johnson or a, uh, even like a Bryce, uh, Bryson DeChambeau, you talked about him a couple of episodes ago. You know, he's made a kind of a name for himself and in, in, uh, in what he's done this last uh, this last two months, three months or so since they've been back on the golf courses. But, uh, but, yeah, you know, it was an exciting finish, and that's what they wanted with the way that they set up the course today. They wanted some scoring. They wanted right. the best players to come down and see who was going to throw the best shots at the pin and just try to go low, and he managed to pull it off. So, All right, uh, hey, before we uh, rate. Oh, this day in sports. Yeah, before we rate Pierre Mack and all. It wasn't a busy this day in sports, but I got, a, uh, I got one for you. Well, 32 years ago today, the Cubs beat the Pirates 6-4. to four. So what? Yeah, I was going to say, say, <laughs> say, say big fucking deal, Mike. Big fucking deal, Mike. That was the first official night game oh, at Wrigley right. Field. Oh, nice. Nice. Um, I'm going to go with, there were a few track ones because um, this would have been uh, a Summer Olympics, right? Yep. So in uh, 19... 36, Jesse Owens and his 4x100 team in the Berlin Olympics set a world record 39.8 seconds, and that was his fourth gold medal in track and field for that Olympics. So since then, of course, Usain Bolt uh, and his Jamaican teammates have uh, beat that 39.8 by almost three seconds on the dot. Okay, yeah. So, well, but back then, though, I mean, what year was that again? That was 1936. So these, oh, yeah, fuck, that was a long time ago. Oh, well, so. these guys didn't have the shoes they have. They're right. running oh. on cinder, you know. So, you know, when you take into account, I think, I, I don't know what pot it was I was talking about, but uh, they've done the research. And if they had starting blocks, if they were running on a Mondo track. I think it was last week when we were talking about the Pathlon. Could have been, but I think we talked about it before as well. But could have been last week. That probably would have been with all the tech and the and the good surface, the faster track probably would have been a thirty-seven and change. And um, my only comment on that, because I am the resident smartass of the pod, it's August 9th. I mean, is it Winter Olympics anywhere? 
Because you said this, uh, that would be the Summer Olympics. It's like, well, where would it have been the Winter Olympics? Yeah, I, I was just saying. Well, I don't know if I said Summer. Did yeah, you I, did. Did I? Okay. Yeah. That's well, I'm just I, saying. Hey, this would I, have been I once, had, I once had a guy at, you know, at a, you know, we were watching a f- college football game with one of a co-worker's son involved. And he said, when I was at this school, I used to throw 98 miles an hour. And he went on and on. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm fucking drunk as a skunk. And I'm, <laughs> I'm drinking. And he said that. I'm like, all right, I got And I just let the story finish. And i like, wait a second. You threw 98 miles an hour? And he was like, he was like flummoxed because I, I called him out. I was like, well, well, you don't think I was any good? I'm like, didn't say you weren't any good, but throwing 98 Just miles an hour. wondering what year you played in the MLB. So anyway, yeah. um, and then in my second distance sports, in what I can only assume is a totally unrelated event, also on August 9th, 1988, 32 years ago today, the uh, the Edmonton Oilers traded the great one to Bruce McNall and the Los Angeles Kings. There were a shit ton of players involved back and oh, forth. Yeah. Gretzky made sure McSorley came with him, and um, uh, the Kings sent like a gazillion players. And what Peter Pocklington was adamant about was he got estimates vary because of whether it was Canadian or U.S. dollars. Sure. So okay, all yeah. the players and cash, the cash amounted to anywhere from 15 to $20 million. So it was so, <laughs> like I said, I have. Well, that was I, a big deal. I, oh, I, I I, but I can only assume those, the, the, the Gretzky trade and the Cubs playing at night for the first time <laughs> ever, I can only assume those were unrelated to that. <laughs> That's probably a good assumption, Mike. Uh, 2012, Usain Bolt. Wins the 200 meter um, at the Olympics in 19.32 seconds, um, and it's the first ever that a sprinter wins the 100 and the 200 meter in the same Olympics. How about them apples? That guy's fast. Not surprising. And before we rate Pierre Mackinac, not really this day in sports, but 12 years ago today, Bernie Mac passed away. Oh, Bernie Mac was funny. I like I like Bernie Mac. There, the wasn't it just the, simply the Bernie Mac show, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, it was funny. Oh no, he was yeah, really Bernie funny. Mac was funny. All right, you rate first this time. Okay, as always, my palate. I mean, I like I said, I was tasting the the seventy IBUs, which wasn't bad because this is a double IPA, correct? Correct. So. But by the time I get to the bottom of the glass, eh, it's you know it's tasting about maybe fifty. So I'm enjoying this as I get to the bottom. I'm gonna go. I liked it better than the first one, though, to be honest with you. So I'm gonna go three point seven zero. All right. Like you said, I liked it better than the first one, and as I pointed out in many pods. Our rating scale is willy-nilly. I mean, it's not scientific in any way, shape, or form. I kind of like to try to rate them based on the beers of the night. Right. It would be interesting if we could ever line up the 100-plus beers we've tasted and then, you know, one sip, mm, that rate. Oh, one sip, okay. And then just rate all 100 in one night on one taste. But anyway, Our listeners could go to the Facebook page. Flights Football and Anything Else Facebook page and look at our um, our list of all our tastings and all of our ratings and can see if there's a pattern there if they want to try to see if, you know, call us on any discrepancies. But anyway, that's yes. a sidebar. Yes, they could. And since I rated the first beer a 3.75, I definitely like Pure Mackinac better than the first beer just because it fits more my palate. Little, the, the IPA, it's that thing. So I'm going to go 3.91 on Pure Mackinac from the Triple Coast Brew Pub. Triple Root. Triple Root, yeah. I can't even read my own writing in this fucking dark. Now get this. We ain't partners, we ain't brothers, and we ain't friends. I'm putting you down and keeping you down until Gans gets locked up. 
or dead. And if Gans gets away, you're going to be sorry you ever met me. That goes in relation with the uh, the coldest winter I ever spent was the summer I spent uh, San Francisco line. So is it, uh, hold on, wait a minute. Um, Emilio Estevez no, and negative. Young Guns. Young Guns, actually an underrated Western, probably my second favorite Western of all time behind Tombstone, but no. All right, anyway, let's get... The guys we... that don't forget the popcorn probably think I'm a loser. Like, I, I can't get any of these. Well, hell. Um, we'll see if the guys that don't forget... Maybe we'll leave this out, and I'll challenge uh, at Wasla Desmer, at Dave McPeak, to answer the question of what movie that was from. Anyway, let's get to our third tasting. Interesting tasting. Hammocks and Half Days. I like the name. From the Lansing Brewing Company. I believe it's our first, you know, 34 times 3, 12, uh. 102... Over 100 tastings. I think this is our first ever Lansing Brewery, Brewing Company tasting. I think so, yeah. And what's interesting about this, and I talked to the guy at Joanne's Market. Free ad. A, yeah, yeah. Free <laughs> ad. And let, hey, help us out here, Joanne's. And there's also a Joanne's Bar and Grill in the same plaza. We did not go there. But we drove to Howell, Michigan. Right. And... Oh, wonderful establishment. Looked great. You know, over yeah. overpriced a little bit, but you know, because like actually the the peanut butter pretzels we were eating, yeah, are are a Sam's Club product, Staple, which yeah. you know, so I could have got them from Stan, Sam's Club for seven ninety nine, but it wasn't at Sam's Club, so fuck it, I paid the extra three dollars. Right. Or Liz and I paid the extra three dollars. We ten ninety nine for pretzels. We could have got at Sam's Club for ten seven ninety nine. But anyway, regardless, nice store. <laughs> Actually, you know, and what makes us, I think it's our first ever India I Pale P Lager L. And the guy, so I was talking to the guy, I said, so this is different than an IPA? And he's like, oh, very helpful, you know. Sure. And I had the uh, uh, yeah. flights, football, anything else mask on. I was hoping he'd ask about it, but he didn't. So, and he said, it's definitely different than an IPA. It, okay. It's got the Budweiser taste. Gotcha. But a little bit of the hoppiness. All right. So, let's Love see. Love the can. Yeah, let's see if he's uh, full of shit or he's just wrong. But I think 34 episodes deep, I think this is our first ever India Pale Lager. It's definitely hazier than a Budweiser. It has an IPA haze. Oh, and before we cheers this, yeah. third and final line. Been in prison for three years. My dick gets hard when the wind blows. Ooh, I actually think I might know that. All right, well, let's sample uh, hammocks and half days. All right. As you think about it. Ooh, winner, winner, chicken dinner for me. Right out of the gate. It's not the yeah. longest yard, is it? No, it's not. But um, I wonder if it's a little false appetite because I don't get the lager. And, and they're, they're, this is an IPA taste. Yeah. They just replaced L with maybe this. He said when he put it on, because like I told you, there's a Joanne's Market and a Joanne's Bar and Grill. Right. And when he's put... Hammocks and half day on tap, it didn't do well. Okay. Huh. But Yeah, I'm not, I, I'm not a, sure a, why. I like it. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, anyway, whatever. I don't I, and you know, this is seventy IBUs. Uh the one before this, the pure Mackinac. I thought the pure Mackinac on the first couple tastes, I I taste the seventy IBUs. I don't I don't taste the 70 IBUs here, but that's because maybe I'm three beers deep and my palate's getting a little deadened. I'm not sure. Could be, and which is weird as we're bizarro world here, because I actually think this is slightly more bitter than the Dumacino. <laughs> Plus, I mean, not bitter to the point where I can't drink it. Well, hell no. But. No, no, no. Yeah. All right. Anyway, uh. Before we get to the random question, which is your turn, by the way, is there anything else right. you want to throw out there? Well, I do want to throw something out there because um, ESPN 
was covering in the morning, and they were covering the morning rounds of the PGA Championship. So when they transferred it over to CBS, on Saturday... I happened to, I was curious to see what they were going to, you know, what's next on ESPN. They had the 2020 American Cornhole League Championship. Now, initially, the announcer, you know, he did a really good job of captivating me, engaging me in what was going on. He says, hey, we're in day five of six of the championship. And I went, whoa, wait a minute. What is this? Is this cricket? Is this Wimbledon? What? Is, I mean, how do you do six days of cornhole? I mean, how many, how many beanbags can you throw in six days? But um, I quickly found out, of course, they have, you know, men's singles, women's singles, uh, doubles, mixed doubles, uh, you know, same gender doubles, whatever. So they've got cornhole going all over the place. But my question to you, Mike, is this. Yeah. And this is not the random question. But as they're showing the highlights from the first four days, you know, you've got guys fist pumping and you got people, you know, doing some fakey COVID, you know, almost high fives and stuff. And, and one kid who looked like a 20 something, you know, has got the, yeah, boy, you know, looking at his competitor and thinking, okay, what does smack talk look like in cornhole? What do you think? I mean, how does it? Hey, if you throw good shots, you got to let, you know, you know, if, Somebody comes close to the hole. Your your competitor throws a bag that's kind of like blocking the hole. Yeah. And all of a sudden, like you go over top of it. Yeah. Oh yeah, you, that there's so there's did, like, so let's say sure. I'm just saying. So you have coed and your female partner throws a good one and looks. Suck over. it, bitch. Yeah, that's what I'm <laughs> saying. I'm like, is that what? Yeah, that, it has to be it. That's what you got. I mean, if she, right. you know, if she can't, you know, or he. I mean, I he, mean, their he, ratings would probably go way up if that happened. Well, for sure, and that's <laughs> the way it should be. You know, there's no fans. You're not going to fin it in. It. Now, does the cornhole? tournament have to not have fans because who was going anyway i don't know it looked like they had some fans to be honest with you was it live then or no uh not sure not sure not sure that would be weird it, they, they i mean wouldn't. it was the 2020 american i don't know, I don't know. they probably um, weren't doing it in february they could have been because it was inside but anyway let's move on to the uh let's move on to the random question shall we yes let's shall okay here we go, Mike. Now you're gonna have to ponder this a little bit, I think. What sport would be the funniest to add a mandatory amount of alcohol to? Do, 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 do. do you want me to help you? Baseball. Up? You think so? Yes. Okay. Why? Now, I you would have to amend the rules. Right. A little bit. Okay. Because I don't think, as the alcohol increases and increases and increases, I don't think you would ever be able to finish a game. But I think to start, and it might even you might even have to put some ramifications like, okay, when your pitchers are too inebriated to do this forfeiture or whatever. But I think it would you be bring funny. In a new pitcher. I think it would be funny, you know, to watch somebody throwing who has the ability to throw 100 miles an hour. Right. You know, when he's shit faced. Yeah, look like you know, all, you know, you know. First, the first pitch <laughs> is right down the middle, and the second pitch is over the batter's head, and the batter's like you're he, describing he, Vaughn in uh, Major League, right? And the batter's <laughs> up there, and he can't even focus in on what ball, and then a lazy swing, and then at some point there'd probably be contact made. But I would say, yeah, I think baseball would be the funniest because then it would be like. Because inevitably, it would be like the NASCAR. That would actually be a different. That would almost be more. Than <laughs> I, I was going to say. That would almost be the more. But baseball would almost be like the NASCAR version. Is like you're just waiting for somebody to turn into a 101-mile-an-hour pitch and get hit right in the face and die at home plate. Well, yeah. So here's some things to think about. You might change your answer, and you can change your answer if you want to. So. I wrote down some things. Rugby. They already drink themselves to the point of complete inebriation, you know, four sheets to the wind, whatever, by the end of a rugby match. 
Um, I don't know if professional rugby they allow that to happen, but I know college rugby and all the other, you know, the club rugby and stuff like that, there's usually a full keg on each sideline next to the bench. Um, but if you put in the full contact sports, like say, for example, hockey, football, uh, maybe UFC and boxing. So at the, if, you had to, if you had to shotgun a beer at the end of each round of UFC and boxing, what do you think? Yeah, like by the third or some of the, like the like the main card. Like you, if you shotgun five beers, what's around? Is it five, three or five, depending on yeah, you know, five minutes. the hype of it. it you know, right. So you know that could be interesting with people whiffing and missing and possibly might be funny, but with all the smash mouth and the physical contact and stuff like that, mm, yes or no, you can decide. Um, now, ball control sports like soccer, volleyball, basketball, and baseball, like you described, right? Right. Um, that could be really interesting when you got something coming at you. But like you said, in baseball, you know, if you actually have somebody that's, you know, had four or five and throwing, still throwing 85, 90 miles an hour, that could be deadly. Now, golf, tennis, badminton, and ping pong. If you threw alcohol in the mix there, I think it would get boring really quick because nobody would be able to hit the ball or the... Well, actually, that's not true because actually golf and ping pong, I've only done drunk. Yeah. You know, so, oh. <laughs> I mean, that actually is... And I, I, I actually, I still stick with my baseball. Okay. I mean, could imagine yourself, you know... Starting center fielder for the New York Yankees, number 11, David Dawson. And you run out to center field, and all of a, and you're fucking just hammered. <laughs> and all of a sudden, a fly ball comes to you, and like you're, you're running in, running in, running in, and it drops 20 feet behind you. <laughs> and then you got like, you, you're like a, drunkenly turn around, and like, oh. And then you kind of like give the the girl toss and the, <laughs> right. instead of throwing from center field to second base you throw it to the right fielder and like that I li- I'm sticking by my answer in baseball I think baseball drunk would be interesting okay. so then I thought about well what about swimming cycling and gymnastics and I thought three or four beers in the the possibility of death is 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 pretty likely so probably not, not cycling a- you just ride off the road there's they get you know <laughs> Tour de France, there's accidents all the time. Nobody dies. Well, I was almost thinking like a, I was thinking almost like uh, Olympic cycling, you know, in the palindrome in that little short track they go around, around, yeah, around but there's, the circle. There's crashes. Yeah, that, now the, there's yeah, crashes the, when they're sober. That's what I'm swim, talking about. The swimming might result in death. Because you're, yeah, you're like, <laughs> ah, lane six still hasn't come up. <laughs> so. Um, I think that would increase viewership. <laughs> like, ah, do you see the Russian in lane six? She drowned. <laughs> People would be like, <laughs> she drowned. Uh, now, do you cut away as a commercial? Oh, yes. Oh, I, I would think the, you'd have to. But if this you're advertising as drunk sport, you yeah, got to go with it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, when, when death and, happens, you know, is, that, like, is that pushing the envelope? Maybe. Okay, now I'm thinking of this. Okay. You've had four or five beers, whatever the mandatory limit was, and you're in Olympic ski jumping. What do you think about that? You know, you go down the ramp yeah, well, at about 40 miles an hour, launch yourself into the air for, you know, a couple hundred feet off the ground. That would be interesting. Other, but The landing I, would be yeah. the hard part. Yeah, the going down the, the going down is probably the easy part because you're not even aware of what you're doing. You're just standing there. Now... Except for the guy that does, or woman that does the face plant into the end of the ramp. If you put it in that perspective, though, what about NASCAR or Formula One? I would think that's get him at a, get them at like two point two, and then see what. <laughs> oh, I mean, and just yeah. put you know, and you you got thirty guys going one hundred eighty nine miles an hour, drunk as shit. The, I don't know. That almost isn't funny to me. That's that almost ends up in certain. Depth. It's your fucking question. I'm just, I know. I'm just saying. I, I didn't even put it on the list because I thought you know they're they're carting somebody off in a body bag, 
So you condone drunken swimming and ski well, jumping, as but not as, NASCAR racing. As long as they end the contest alive, let's put it that way. Or there's a relative. Well, there's no guarantees there's in a, life. I there's no guarantees that. in life. That's I like my NASCAR race. You get hey, NASCAR is Kevin a high Har- probability Kevin of Harvick death. And De- Kevin Harvick and Denny Hamlin have each won five races this year. The field is lopsided. Let's get them drunk and see what happens. Okay. So then um, what about these? All right, and then I'm going to end with my the the event that I've actually seen this happen in. Um, what about bull riding? Do you consider that a sport? I think it's a sport. Bull riding. Yeah, I don't some of them probably do get drunk before yeah, they get on there to look, kind of like loosen the deaden the the fall. All right. Yeah, yeah. Nah, okay. What about curling or bowling? That you do that drunk. I, that's I've never bowled sober. That we can't even count. Bowling. What about curling? Curling's bowling with a broom. I mean, it's like, we those. That wouldn't be funny if people are falling on the ice and. Right. Yeah. Because yeah, okay. there's no there's that because that happens. But have you thrown the ball into the other lane? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh for sure. <laughs> All right. Okay. So here's this thing. I go back to the running. It's called the Miracle Mile. Four laps around the track, right? Correct. You shotgun a beer. You do your first lap. You do your first 400, and you have to run it. There's no walking. Okay. You get done with your first lap, there's another beer waiting for you, and you shotgun it. You do your second lap. No walking, you have to run it. No, you know, and preferably you don't jog. If you jog, you know, you get called names, and it's, you know, it's right. a bad scene anyway. I get you. Okay. And jogging, on and on ain't, on gonna, and jogging ain't gonna win the race. You gotta win the fucking and race. And you gotta try to win the race. What I've seen and what I've heard, nobody, I, I shouldn't say this, me personally, I'm sure there's somebody that's made it all around the four laps. I've never seen it happen. Now, this got down to the high school level, and I've seen some kids try to do it with milk, chocolate milk, and most kids puke by the third lap. So, I don't know if that's funny. You know what I mean? Well, not with the chocolate milk. I've, no, no, no. I, I, I'm going back to the, the adults here with the, uh, with the Miracle now, Mile. Did, and the, did you ever attempt a Miracle Mile? I never attempted it. Nope. I didn't. Why? I don't know. It wasn't really a bucket list. I was more of I, a, I was more it. of an official. I think we do it for the pod. You think we do the Miracle Mile for now, the pod? With my left knee being as shit as it is, yeah. I'm not gonna run very fast, but it will be a run. Okay, sure. So we could try that maybe. I mean, I'm I'm not gonna turn. What's a good quarter mile? Well, for like for you and me, yeah. anywhere between a minute thirty and you know two two fifteen. All right, I'll be closer to the two fifteen because my knee just doesn't allow it. So. Sure. 215 pound of beer. It's so it, it's a shotgun where you like puncture the. Yep. Okay. Is the goal to finish or not to puke? Either. Or both. Okay. Or both. Yeah, any of the above. I think we do it for the pot. Let's you raise think money. We do it for yeah. the pot. Raise yeah. some money for a charity. Yeah. <laughs> By putting ourselves out of our misery. All right. Well, if you want to, folks, uh, you can either tweet us at uh, epodffa, uh, or you can send something in to the email address um, or the Facebook page. And actually, what sport do you think would be the funniest if there was a mandatory amount of alcohol? That they had to intake. And actually, the correct Twitter is it at epod epod. F- oh, is there, an, is there an E in there? Yeah, okay. FFAE pot. All right, my bad. Thank Nobody you for... tweets us anyway, so fuck them. Yeah, exactly, because everybody's too busy to, right? We've had that. All right, let's read uh, Hammocks and Half Days. Let's do that. All right, do I like it better than number two? Hmm, very close. I'm going to go 3.90. Hey. 100th of a percent lower than the second tasting because I think if, if your fridge is stocked with both pure Mackinac and hammocks and half days and say, hey, Mike, thanks for coming. Right. Grab yourself a beer. I'm going to grab pure Mackinac before hammocks and half days. So I'm going to go 3.90. And I said I like this just slightly better. Um, I'm not afraid of the bitterness. Uh, when it gets up there 70 or higher, I'm not a huge fan. 
So I'm going to go 3.80. How about them apples? I like them. So you went 3.6, 3.7, I went 3.75, 39. So the last beer was your favorite. The second beer was my favorite. I don't think any of them were horrible. Nope. By any means, but... Good selections. And a couple things. Number one, a listener, regular listener on Wednesday, August 12th, celebrates his 53rd birthday. So happy birthday, Rick, on Wednesday. Happy birthday, Rick. And the other thing is, so look down in my glass. I can see I'm out of beer. And as the late, great Stuart Scott would say, you ain't got to go home, but you got to get the heck up out of here.